Hello and welcome to the show where it's two guys wearing, I think, black t-shirts because nothing better than, well, actually that, my guest today is probably not wearing a black t-shirt. looks like it has a zipper or a button, but I'm blind and that's okay. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Zach Miller Says. Today, we have Nate Bright, founder of Unimorphics, with us. Nate, what is up? What's going on, Zach? How you doing, man? Yeah, I thought doing. I dressed it up a little bit. Somebody's got to step it up a little bit in this. I can this see the button. I, no I can offense. see the buttons now. Look, I'm just <laughs> I'm wearing my uniform. This is my suit, and now uh, that many more people work at home, now they're all dressing like me. So, upset. Once again, started a trend. Here we go. <laughs> so, you, you, Nate, you've done something that's pretty phenomenal. You've transformed yourself. I think you grew up as kind of a, a somewhat fit kind of person. Um, is that fair? Somewhat that's fit absolutely fair, yeah. 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 And then ish, right? So, and then as you got into the adult world, if you will, you know, had a family, things like that, things kind of roller coastered. But then over the last, I don't know, half decade or so, you've really transformed yourself and and really figured out a formula that works. And so paint me through the picture. What was like your growing up like that led you to being fit? And what do you think kind of started the demise of going down? And then how did you go back up on that roller coaster? Yeah, so, um, you know, like I grew up in a pretty large family. Uh, I mean, I, you know, me with two sisters and two brothers and um, so we were always really active outside places. There, there was Nintendo, but there wasn't a lot of internet and things like that trying to take your attention away. And so, um, you know, we we're always active, always running. Um, wasn't like didn't have any problems being overweight or anything. Had a high like metabolism. Played sports. And then what happens is I went through high school, got through college. You move out of your parents' house and move on to your own. You realize, oh, I can buy my own groceries. I can. I could buy yogurts and Pop-Tarts and all types of other cereals, whatever I wasn't able to have as a kid, I can now have, and I can have in the quantities however I want to. And so, you know, you start to do things like a Taco Bell every other night and, you know, you just don't equate, at least I didn't at that age, I didn't even equate what I did with how I felt and what I looked like, because you still had a little bit of margin in life. You saw it a little bit where you can mess up a little more today than you could right now. And so, um, you know, we just, I mean, I got, I got to the point where um, life starts to get more complicated. The older you get, your metabolism, slow, I mean, like slows down. You're still eating the junk, still not. I found myself going up and down in weight. Ultimately, um, after kind of a failed business and some other things going on work, um, I, I really hit that rock bottom where I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am right now, I'm completely out of control, um, you know, like not happy, not satisfied where I was. And it wasn't until I started paying attention to the habits, changing habits one at a time that I started to notice um, a difference and get some traction in life and let them kind of stack on top of each other. And that's where kind of this was born um, years, you know, like years back. You, you talk, use the word margin and uh, that margin from like, I don't know, high school, college, moving out, living the real world to that next thing. For me, that margin was in like instantly once I graduated high school. Like I was a super fit kid, two to three 
probably two seasons of the three um, sport kind of guy. Probably should have been a three sport kind of guy. Um, and then as soon as I got out of that, all the things that were really bad that I had been doing that entire time, as soon as I dropped the exercise out of that, like the sport, uh, the sports out of it, it went crazy. And like, uh-huh. I think I gained almost immediately like 35, 40 pounds. Then I figured out I lost it because I started working out again. And then I fluctuated back up as soon as I went back to uh, to West Virginia. And then like, it's, it's been that kind of roller coaster ride like there. And so, um, so you talked about habits and let, let's start with how do you define a habit? So, yeah, I mean, um, like first, like I'll kind of touch on margin again, cause it's such an important yeah. like idea because right now, especially in the COVID crisis we're in, it's exposing Americans overall for not having enough margin in their health and not having enough margin in their finances. And so we don't have emergency fund and something goes sideways, you're out. If you're living off such small margin, you're not getting your sleep, you're not getting your exercise, you're not eating the right things, you wear down that margin over time to the point where something small or something that's small in other people ends up being catastrophic to you. And so that's where the idea of habits and um, you know, like, like that kind of takes hold Habits so is there some is there something in the science or the body of like once you graduate high school though because it seems like immediately people fluctuate and, and get larger at that point like is there something that just they're just like I don't know what portion control is that that margin completely goes away like what is it about that kind of time frame in someone's life that makes those dramatic changes Well for most people I've heard over and over again where your brain isn't even fully um, like developed and you can't really fully equate consequences with your actions until you're in your mid to late twenties. And I was a little slower than most. So I'm sure I was. What is that consequence to actions? What does that mean? Yes. So, so, um, the things that I do now produce my outcome tomorrow, next week, next year. And so there's a detachment when you're younger where you don't say, okay, you know, like when you're really young, if I touch the stove, it will burn me. You learn that with experience. Um, And your brain fully goes, I mean, goes on to like develop that. I've done a lot of really dumb things in my teenage years and early twenties that I didn't weigh the consequences. I didn't fully think about it. didn't care about while I was doing it. And it was just when you when you have that experience in life, when you see those consequences stack up and you start to say, oh, wait, when I do this, this happens. If this, then that. And so that's where you learned over the course of time. And hopefully if you're plugged into a good system, listen to the right people, engaging in the right conversations, you're learning that off of somebody else's mistakes and not your own. Interesting. How you define habits? So habits are anything you do on a regular basis, and it doesn't take a lot of thought. Um, It's relatively automatic. Um, If you look at somebody's habits in somebody's life and the decisions people make in general, depending on who you believe and who you read, anywhere between 40 and 75% of the things we do every single day are tied directly to our habits. It's not something we think about. It's not something we're making a conscious decision about. It's this is what we do. And so one of my favorite quotes is that you are the sum total of your habits, both good and bad. And that could be health, 
that could be finance, that could be raising your bad kids at home, like whatever the case is, you have certain innate habits. And so when you are trying to get a certain outcome, you got to look at your input. And so for me, for habits, you just have to like automate the things you want to do and make the things you don't want to do harder. It's even something as simple as we don't think of a habit as this, but you go to the restroom, you turn the light on, right? You leave the, the restroom, you, I don't know, turn the light off. When you go to a car, you open the car, you probably get in a very specific way. Maybe you you go put your key in first, then you look at something else. Like the, those are all habits, right? And so you, you use the number 40 to 70% of, of our daily life is, is filled with habits and we don't even recognize it, right? I mean, the first thing you do in the morning, right? Many people is go make coffee, mm -hmm. right? It, that's a habit, right? It's, 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 it's interesting to think of how much habits take over our lives. And so if you wanted to change a habit or you wanted to manipulate something that was, that you thought in your mind was not something that you wanted to continue to do, what would you recommend to someone to, to start changing that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the first you would do is just take a look at the inventory, like see like where you are right now. What are you not satisfied with and identify the end point where you want to be. And then when you study that, whether it's with like whatever in your life, you're doing, we'll just take, you know, health. I mean, like for instance, um, you find out what in your life particular you want to change. What do you want to make better? What do you improve? And then you do a study of best practices within that area. And then what you want to do is focus on, okay, what are my triggers when this habit happens? Like, like how do I feel like when people are stressed, typically they, you know, like reach for sweets. That's something I did forever. Like when you go through a really stressful situation, you don't think twice, I need to remedy this. I need to do that. So it's like, you have to find the cue. You have to identify what right looks like and what your goal looks like. And then you have to work on adding friction. Friction is um, like what you add to your life in order to make something harder to complete or taking friction away if it's something you want to do. Like if you want to take up a jogging habit, something you can do to um, take away friction is to have your running shoes next to your bed. Like you hear that over and over. You just get up, you lace them up, you don't think about it, you go. And a, and, and a lot of big things with this and another really incredible um, tip for building great habits is you want to make it smaller than it needs to be. So if you have the ultimate goal of doing 100 push-ups at a time, you don't start out and be like, I'm going to do 100 push-ups tomorrow. You work up slowly to it. You build the habit of actually putting it into work and then you like ramp it up. And so if you make your habit small and build momentum, be that snowball picking up extra snow rolling down the hill, um, success breeds success. Why is that? Why is it um, that I, you have to go smaller? So um, I think we live in a world where um, everybody's thinking big, dreaming big. You see these amazing before and after pictures. You know, you watch The Biggest Loser where somebody loses 300 pounds over the course of six months. And so um, if, if you do that, you're using your grit, you're using your willpower in order to um, really change what you do from time to time. But you're holding on, you're white knuckling that activity over and over again. If you start it small, it's almost like that frog in the pot of water. You turn up the heat slowly over time, you can acclimate to it 
and that becomes your new normal. Then your new normal is here and here and here. And you can, you can have compound interest in successful habits, much like you have compound interest in your 401k. If you make small deposits over time and give it time to go, you're going to have um, just tremendous results. Okay. So did I hear this right? So grit and willpower are good. They're nice traits to have, but when you're trying to change a habit, it's not the thing to willpower through. You actually want to start smaller because that grit and willpower at some point won't be enough for most people. And you'll actually go back to that old habit because you couldn't push through anymore. Yeah. There's been a lot of study on, um, on like grit and willpower and, how it's good to happen in a certain way, but it's a finite resource. Like tend to, I mean, people tend over the day, like over the course of a day, their like ability to make the right decision diminishes over the course of the day. That's why some people can start the day off well and it ends poorly and it kind of follows that same like trajectory, right? As you make additional decisions because you haven't set up habits, you get like decision fatigue. And as you go to that like decision fatigue, then you're not thinking with your brain, you're just whatever your body wants to do. And if you're just following your body blindly, it's going to lead you to McDonald's nine times out of 10, right? So. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, it. No, I just did everything that you wanted me not to do. I'm sorry. Okay. So I think we make, we make 30, I was about to say 50. I think we make 30,000 decisions a day, something like that. Like, again, little things like type an A and then a T or something like that. I'm sure that's part of it. Um, but that's interesting. And so is that, is that an everybody thing? Like our, our morning people and night owls and whatever the thing in between is, is that concept of, um, and you had a, a word for it, but diminishing, um, thought process, I think of, of making good decisions throughout the day. Does that matter if you're a morning person, night person? Is that, is that kind of like an everybody data point? Like how does that work for someone that, um, well, how, dive deeper into that. Like, about the yes, the decision making gets worse as the day goes on. Yeah, so um, like in, I mean, like any kind of studies when it comes to this is all looking at um, like large like populations. We're looking at population size with this. So individual, I mean, like results will vary, but a lot of very successful people, like for instance, wear the same thing every day. Like Obama, I think, had two suits, gray suit and a blue suit. And Steve Jobs had his black turtleneck. You're missing the turtleneck. So Dude, I'm not a turtleneck job kind of guy. Level. I wear a black tee every day. It like, looks like you're doing the turtleneck that starts down here and is working its way down. So I'm at the beard, the beard of turtleneck. Yes. Like when you can tuck it in, tuck it in. Yeah, but people, you know, like Steve, like Steve Jobs wore um, like a black shirt and jeans every day. Like there are certain things you can do that you can automate and not have to think. If you have to make a decision 30 minutes, on what you're going to wear and what shoes go with it and this that and then you multiply that over the course of a day where you're making all these decisions very very um you know you know like giving a lot of thought and things that don't mean much by the end of the day when it comes to okay like what am i having for dinner if that decision isn't already made and you're tired and you're like I'm gonna go. you're gonna just in i mean just like on instinct go reach for something that's going to medicate you in a lot of ways if you've had a tough and stressful day. And so, so the fewer decisions you can make on things that don't really matter, the more power you'll have on the things that actually matter. 
So how do you decide what really matters or not in that case, right? So like to some people, I don't think it's news that I wear the same thing every day. I don't think it's news that Steve Jobs wears the same thing every day. I I think it's just like, hey, like whatever, I found something I like, just wear it, right? One less decision that I have to make, right? So how do you determine what's a like a, an impactful decision? Because I mean, some things really don't matter, right? So how do you determine what's what's valuable and what's not? That's a great question. I've had this conversation with a couple people recently because especially right now in our political climate and our um, and our new cycle where everything's so hyped up, if you are not crystal clear about what you want, what you stand for, and what you're going to do and like what you're gonna get and speak it as it's already happened as far as setting your goals, you're going to be a victim of whatever's hot at the moment. You're like, okay, well, it's up to me me personally, to end racism all around America because that's what I'm hearing from the media. Or it's up to me to get my candidate elected and it's only up to me because if you don't exactly know like where you're going, where you're aiming at, and like for some people, that is their ultimate goal. That's what they're meant to be on this earth. But everybody's got a different set of skills, a different set of desire that's set inside them. And if you don't take time to audit that and really find out what makes you tip, paint your ideal future, you're going to be at the victim. I mean, like you are going to be at the whim of whatever, I mean, whatever's hot at the moment. If you don't have a priority, somebody else will utilize you to push forth their priority. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yep. So I saw a video of you attempting a 5K. Was it 5K? Yeah, yeah. A I 5K. Oh, it's a day. Yeah, I, I also hate running. Um, <laughs> it's something about doing something that's challenging that's powerful, though. Uh, and in this video, I saw that you challenged yourself to hit a goal time that you hadn't at least any time recently hit of like seven or eight minutes and some change. So like a 25-minute-ish um, 5K. And if you didn't, those nice locks of beautiful gelled up moosed up whatever up to hair it's so was, hard right now was going to uh get a homer simpson haircut yeah because you can go bald you can go bald and look really good but there's no way to look bald and have the old man cut where you keep the sides and keep the back and so that like that was the consequence i put on myself i had to get that certain pace at a certain time um, with us, well, I mean, like within a set amount of days in order to avoid that consequence. And so to me, it's about, it's always great to have something 90 days out in the future that you're working for, that you're making those workouts count that you were, you know, you know, it's like the whole wedding thing. Like, you know, like women ultimate, I mean, like, I mean, like sometimes will purchase a dress small selves and use that as leverage against themselves lose weight and get in ultimate shape and and be a beautiful blushing bride on their wedding day and so if you can take that same idea and you can leverage um like consequences or have something you're working towards that's close enough in the future that holds you accountable that's where this came from and so i always hated run i could run but i was slow and so i'm like you know it was it was covid see it was a it was a, it was a 
COVID anyway, so the gym was closed. So it's like, now's the time to really focus on this and see if you can turn something you hate into something you love. And so I decided to uh, hire a coach and uh, take some, you know, like running training and, and do it for 90 days and see how much I can lop off my time and then see if I can love it at the end and want to keep doing it. Did you do a 90 day before time? Yes. So the 90 well, day before time, I think the average was, uh, it's like 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So it, it did work. I was dragging. I was dragging. Yeah. And so my final time ended up being about, uh, I, I mean, like four, like four or five K. It was a seven minute, 25 second, I think, um, average. And I was done do? it, dude. I was hopping and puffing. Were you done for at the end of it? Oh, I, I was, I was hundred percent on the ground. <laughs> it was. At what point, and maybe it didn't happen, but at what point during the actual race did you think, I can't do this? I'm going to have to shave my head. Yeah, there was a point where um, I just finished the first mile and going to the second mile and turning the corner, uh, the wind started pulling. And it feels like the wind's always against you. You never feel it to your back, but the wind was against me and I'm running into it. And somebody's walking their dog, uh, I, mean, like, I mean, like across the street, and the dog gets off the leash and starts running after me. And I would stop and pet the dog, but I'm like, I just got to gun it and go. And the dog started chasing me a little bit. And so there was a time in the middle where I'm like, I don't need any distractions. I don't need anything else. Because at that point, I'd only break in the eight-minute mark once in 90 days. Once, once for one mile, yeah, it, no, it was it was it was like a it was like a five mile. I'm sorry, it was a three mile run, and I was at seven minutes and fifty nine seconds. But everything else was like I was. I mean, like I got better, but it was like eight fifteen, eight thirty, forty, and so this was one where, when you have a little bit of leverage, when you have something on the line, you find that extra gear, you know. So had the um, had that dog, you know, chased you a little differently, would you have stopped? Or that would you have would you have had to have redone the race? Like how would that have worked? I think had it like grabbed my butt and just held on, I would be crossing the finish line with a dog on my butt, which would have made for a great video, I think. Right. So yeah. um I well, like I would have had the dog sign a waiver, you know, we're good. Interesting. There's a movie out there called Super Size Me 2. Uh, I think you've watched that. And um, Super Size yeah. Me 1 is the one at McDonald's where Morgan Spurlock way, uh, eats a bunch of McDonald's. Um, what, for 30 days or something like that? Gain some weight, whatever. But he, op- he uh, a couple years ago, did Super Size Me 2 where he goes and opens his own uh, chicken joint, chicken fast food restaurant, which a lot of people were like, well, why would you do that? And the whole idea was to figure out how to get all those labels on – um, the menu basically and the labels like, Oh, this is USDA. This is cage free. This is whatever, you know, marketing jargon that is, is, is out there. And what's interesting is he, um, you know, free range chickens and things like that, or artisan, all that kind of stuff. What's interesting in that is I think from a consumer perspective, we trust those labels. We trust that the process of that is, is something that, we can live by same goes with kind of the food pyramid and things like that because it's kind of uh over overlooked by the government right it's 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 overseen by the government and something that you know has gone through this process but it seems like a lot of stuff in in that world 
actually is pretty, pretty messed up. And so how does one, while getting into this world of nutrition and health, really grasp and, and believe kind of what they're reading or consuming to know that it's going to help them not hurt them? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, like the simple answer to that is like my favorite or like one of my favorite quotes is all facts have a half-life meaning what's true and what's fine now may be proven false 10 years from now and so obviously we were on a um a kick in the 90s where everything had to be low fat they would load it up with sugar to make it like really like i mean like we're like I mean, like a palatable type of um, like type of flavor. And what you saw then with all these processed foods that were flooding the market is an increase in diabetes that was just amazing to see. It was like a hockey stick. And then you see things like, um, like cardiovascular disease, other chronic diseases that are flying. And so, you know, again, where we're going next in the next five years, 10 years is away from these general like uh, the i mean these general like these these overlying like recommendations probably something a more an individual based on their genetics and based on their specific condition but as of right now what you can do is just look at great population studies you can um, I, I mean certainly you're like welcome to try different things and see how you feel see how you act do a lot of blood work like I do annual blood work, my blood, I mean, like my like blood panel is just absolutely massive. Um, and so just keeping on the markers that they, I mean, that people say are really important to see and then constantly educate yourself. Like there are podcasts out, there is no excuse for not being on top of what's latest and greatest, like when it, I mean, like with your health, the information is out there and it's widely available and you hear a lot of the same things over and over again, which is great. Um, and so you don't have to be the expert. You don't have to get your medical degree in order to be able to leverage other people's studies and leverage other people's information. And so, again, I wouldn't take the information from an actual food manufacturer because I know a lot of that is marketing. But there's a lot of really great impartial people without skin in the game making like recommendations that are uh, great to follow. Yeah, it's interesting. I think. Um... You know, I just did my uh, Ironman race a couple weeks ago, and the people that I follow who um, are in that world are people who have done it themselves, right? I don't, I don't follow someone who hasn't done it, right? I might follow someone that might be thinking about doing it and some of the things that they've learned throughout the process, but it's like, uh, well, if you've never done this, why would I take your advice on this thing, right? Same goes with the business world, right? You, you know, you want to follow someone who has business experience, not someone who watched Shark Tank, right? And I think that that's yeah. that's 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 great advice is is to find the people who who know it and figure out what they're saying about it, and you know, and dig deep, right? Do your own due diligence, pair that against something else, and I think that that's uh, I, I've learned a lot with that, right? Like I never really realized that, uh, so I stopped eating meat about a year ago, and I think one of the things is I never really thought about stopping that because it just seemed like it's what I was supposed to do. And then like somehow something convinced me to like maybe peel back the onion and not do it anymore. And I was like, I did it a little and I was like, wow, I feel a lot better. Like instantly, this is ridiculous. I only changed one thing and now I feel a lot better. And so you start doing more of that and you're like, huh, 
And so I think that's kind of what you're saying. And, and that's, that's powerful. You talked about genetics and you talked about how everyone's a little different. Uh, I know that there is, um, I don't know if it's an aha moment, but there was a, a, a big moment where uh, someone in your family had something happen and it really just um, made a big impact on kind of the last few years. Uh, walk me through that. Yeah. So um, like for years, even before uh, my father got his diagnosis, I mean, like, you know, you want to be in good shape, you know, you want to look great, you know, you want to feel great. And so I, I, I was kind of dabbling in getting healthy, getting fit, pushing myself a little bit. And that was important at that point. But there's certain times where things toggle from being just important to all of a sudden they're urgent. Like when you get that urgency going, that's where it's good. And so that happened for me. Um, when my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's like dementia, when he was only 65. Um, so it was, he was younger. He had, he had worked his butt his entire life. He was a fan. He, he is just an absolutely fantastic father all the way. Down. He was always there for us, taking us to the games, really being in the mix. And he worked so hard his entire life. And then all of a sudden when he, when he was at the point where we were supposed to retire, take it easy, that part in life where we're all looking forward uh, to so we can take it easy and enjoy our life, he gets hit with his diagnosis. And there was a time where he was just like, uh, just sad, confused for what's happening. I mean, when you get something like dementia thrown at you and there's not a cure for it, that, I mean, that's just one of those things. Like he saw his mother die of Alzheimer's or like complications due to, I had complications with my other grandmother with like Alzheimer's as well. So I've seen it happen a couple of times. And so he didn't want to walk that road. And so um, it really forced me to, like I've been in medical like industry for about 10 years now and I had some contacts and I went and talked to some people. We found some local experts within that. He was seeing a neurologist, but like, I mean, like he was only getting kind of like a pill and um, you know, you're know you given some like medication and told to follow up in 90 days, but there's so much you can do on the lifestyle part. So after consuming just all this information and trying to connect my dad with these experts within the field, um, I, you know, like we found a genetic marker that's tied with early onset, like, I mean, I mean, like dementia, like Alzheimer's and it's the APO4 gene. So there's APOE, everybody has a marker from their mom, and from their dad and they either have two three or four and the one that's going to point to the highest probability of having those type of conditions is apoe4 and so when you get an apoe4 from your mom and an apoe4 from your dad at that point only two percent of the population has that combination and you have a 60 to 90 percent chance of contracting one of those like disorders in your life and it tends to happen early not in your 80s or your 90s or whatever it happens early. I've, I've, I've like read accounts where it's happened in somebody's forties. And so I'm looking at my life and I'm like, I lived a pretty bad, um, you know, like pretty bad. I mean, like as far as from a health habit perspective, life far worse than my dad. And so if he got it at 65 and we share a lot of the same like genetic components, what does my next 20 years look like? And like my daughters are young. We had them later in life. Am I walking them down the aisle? So all these things start going through your head because I had the same ABOE4 for um, um, like layout that my dad had. And so from that point, it became like, holy crap, I got, you know, we have to try to like, we have to try to like really get ahead of this because with any chronic disease, 
the earlier you intervene, the earlier you have these lifestyle modifications, the less severe they have to be, right? Because um, he had to take some really drastic steps. And the great news is now five years, six years later after his diagnosis, he's doing far better than anybody could have expected. And he's sharp. He's with it. He may be sharper than he was when he was just diagnosed. And so for me, that's when it toggled from important to urgent. And then I started really diving into the lifestyle. And then just knowing what I know about cardiovascular disease, and diabetes, and some of the other areas I've worked in, a lot of these lifestyle modifications are similar between all these chronic diseases. Mm. So he got, was it a diagnosis or it was that he was going down that path? It was a diagnosis. It was a, uh -huh. firm, it was a firm diagnosis. And so there, he knew for many years, it sounds like that because of his mom, I think you said that it could happen. Right. And so he's going through the same thing that you're thinking too, is, Oh, I have kids, you know, I've lived a crappy lifestyle from a health perspective. Am I teaching them the wrong things? And then, so he gets that, and then you start doing a ton of research. You you know a lot in the health world, so you you you're, you're everything's going crazy in that. Your mind's blowing, and then you start making simple habits, simple changes yourself. You tell your dad. How does that whole thing start to 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 happen? And because I mean, it sounds like at that point too, you were a little bit heavier at that point. And then yeah, your dad absolutely. was going through what you he was going through. And then you started just kind of implementing some of the things that you were consuming. Like what do you remember what the first few things were that you started to do that you saw good changes with? Yeah, the first thing was um, I heard a statistic that 40% of Americans' calories are taken in by certain I mean like by like sugar sweetened beverages. And so I'm like, well, you know, if that's true. So like forty percent of forty percent of so forty percent of calories 40%. are like cokes or Red Bull something cokes, like that. Cokes, juices, um, beer, milk. You know, yeah, beer. Like just like caloric beverages. Like there are so many options that are non-caloric that you can reach for. I'm not a big fan of diet sodas or anything, but um, you know, of course, when you look at um, like different seltzers and like water is a key component to a healthy lifestyle um and but that's a habit some people hate to drink water but that's something that you can address really well if you just tell yourself well i'd rather eat my calories than drink them and so if on a population if we just made that one habit shift and learn to love water from a global or from a nationwide perspective diabetes would take a massive hit like you know, a cardiovascular disease would take a mess just from that one habit. And we have drinking more like a list of it. Yeah. Drinking more water, like too. So I water. heard Right. I heard a stat recently. I'm going to butcher it. But it was something like 12% uh, of the country doesn't drink any water a day. Yep. <laughs> just boggled my mind. I'm like, yeah. like, no water? Like the only water that touches their mouth is brushing their teeth. I'm just like, wow. Like I drink gallons. Like this is, I don't know, 28 ounces. I'll drink like 10 of these a day, right? That's probably too many. Yeah. But like it's it's crazy. So remove that out, which is bad for you, right? And so like and just start to drinking set the water. stage. Yeah, like just, I mean, like just set the stage when I was in my 
big boy time frame, we'll call. Um, like my wife and I used to go out to eat and I would order a Dr. Pepper or a Mountain Dew and I would drink so many that, you know, half the time the waiter or waitress would just start bringing me pitchers. Like, hey, I'm just tired of walking back over here. Here's your own pitcher. And so for me, it was always a chuckle, like, ha, 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 whatever, get this. But now looking back, I'm like, I must have consumed 2,000 calories without the food in that instance. And so there are so many people doing that because if you're in the habit and you get that taste, that sweet, you're on that sweet carousel where every so often your body starts, you know, begging, screaming for sugar, that's the quickest way to remedy it. And it's, 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 it's terrible. A picture of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Dr. Pepper is a weakness, man. I'm telling you. Ugh. So no more soda saw, whatsoever. Have you? Do you drink any soda whatsoever anymore? No, I mean it's extreme. If it's like once a year, if there's like if I'm eating hot wings and there's nothing else around but that, I'm gonna put out the fire, right? But um, it, it, to me, it just it just I mean like the habit's broken. I don't even think about it. If there's water available, I do that. And I hold myself accountable on my little, like, you know, more picks app every single day. Just, hey, answer that question. Did you drink your calories? No. Boom. Move on to the next one. Uh, another thing that's interesting on that is that it just, like you said, it became a habit. You don't drink anymore. Um, but from a financial perspective, soda is expensive, right? It adds up quickly. And if you were to drink, I don't know, a two liter a day, that's what, two bucks, that's seven, seven, eight hundred bucks a year. You, know, you got a thousand bucks that you weren't expecting. And so that that's that's powerful. So you whipped all this together. You you looked at everything over the last few years. You said, you know, I'm, I, I've learned a lot from my um, from my dad. I learned a lot from my ups and downs. I've learned a lot from just being in the health, um, the healthcare world. And you said, uh, I want to build a business around that. How did this whole thing kind of start? Yes, yeah, so I was looking for a solution that uh, would, like, instead of this, for years and years, it was like I was on that little, like, roller coaster where um, you hit that point where you look at the scale and you're like, oh, my goodness, that's terrible. For some people, it's 300 pounds. For me, it was like it started 200, but then. And then push back to 220. Like I kept moving that number where it was like, I've had it, I've got to make a change. And that would be like on a Thursday. And then I would say, okay, well, um, I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to tight, I'm going to work out twice a day. I'm going to eat only salad. I'm going to do this and this and this. And I'm going to change all these habits all in one day. And then for the weekend, as much garbage as you can, because it's the last time you're ever going to eat garbage. And then you start this new lifestyle. You continue on um, three, four weeks down the road, you start to see some results. You're feeling good about yourself, but either something happens, something with your kids or Christmas happens or COVID happens or insert whatever stressor you want. I mean, just to. gritting it through, right? Just like you were saying earlier. Yeah. yeah. Like you use your willpower, right? And you yeah. fall back on old habits. And so I did that so many times where I was looking for something that was a more of a gradual onset. Like how can I make permanent change? So I started reading books about habit formation. I started looking at the latest uh, science. Like, what are the big rocks you can get right in your life that will make other things um, like not like not? Because if you go to the marketing side, you find these supplements that promise the world to you. But really, that's going to get you like those like supplements and and um, 
you know, like things that are so expensive will get you that last five to 10% of your, of your like optimal, you know, I mean, like to your optimal health. It's all these small things that are free or cheap, very accessible that you can implement now that will make the majority of your change. And so I started looking at, okay, like what are those big things you got to get right? And like, how can it be easy? And how can it be accessible to most people, no matter what their income, no matter what's going on? And, and how can I package this so that, that people want to do it? Like, how can I make it fun? How can I make it engaging? And uh, so I built something that I wanted. I built the app I wanted. I built the planner I wanted. I built all that stuff based on what, and then I started having great, great, like, I mean, like great, like success. I started making, so every month I'm in a little better condition, a little better shape than I was the month before. Whereas before, maybe this sounds like familiar to some people, I was always like, when is this going to end? When is my progress going to end? And when I'm going to slide back? I was afraid of sliding back. Right now, I no longer fear that sliding back would happen because I know my standards have gone from here to here. Interesting. Okay, so um, why is it always that people start on Mondays? Is it the same reason why July? Is it the same reason for New Year's? Like, it's just they need some sort of like hard reset. Well, like Mondays already suck. I mean, like already suck for a lot of people. So they're and then again. The games, the games are on, on Sunday. You have all day off. Like you have nothing to do but eat all day, right? And so you're right. It's really Monday. It was it was always Monday for me. And that weekend was always trash. It's great. Uh, I was taking notes. So uh, afraid of failing back. So that was a thing that you actually felt of like I'm gonna I'm gonna fail back into my old way. And then at some point just that went away. Yeah. So when you go from for me, it was that area between 200 pounds and 220 pounds so i'd go to 200 i'd I'd, I'd like go to 220 and then something would happen i or or like i would really like turn it up and i get to 200 and then i get to that point where i'm like all right like i feel good about myself i started to loosen things up a little bit something weird would happen and then all of a sudden it'd be up you know like back up to that because i never individually implemented the keys to a healthy life. I didn't build, like I didn't take friction away from the things that I want and I didn't add friction to things I didn't want to do. If you think about it from a financial standpoint, if you were to invest money, but every time you invest some money, you had to take a check to the bank as opposed to having it automatically taken out of your paycheck and put in your 401k, people would save less. Um, and, and so there's been all this, uh, and you know, there's been all the studies about using cash, like how cash makes things more difficult because you feel that you feel that money leaving your account. You feel that money. So it's the reason why Am- so it changes your habits. It's the reason why Amazon implemented like one click so that yeah. you get the wallet out once and then you don't think about the wallet again type of thing. What's interesting is we're starting to see, I think, more of that in, in the real world, too, where I guess your cell phone device you can go and pay with things with just your cell phone. And it's not something that's necessarily new, but like you don't even have to have a wallet anymore. And so you're never even really making that transaction. And so it's, it's, it's very interesting to think about that, how that, that in the health world is so prominent as well. Um, because you, you hear a lot of people that just are like, Oh, we'll give you this result today. 
And it's like, well, there's no way that's real, right? There's that's that that can't happen, right? And so like I call them vanity metrics or like P90X metrics or things like that. And it's like P90X is probably a bad excuse or a bad example. Cause I mean, if you do P90X, you probably see results, right? But mm-hmm. you would you would think, but like there are things out there that are like just take this pill and you'll be there. Like, oh, try this wrap, you know, like this like wrap around you type <laughs> of thing. Like I see that and I'm like, oh my god, falls for that. Right. It's like when you get that email from the um, from your uncle in Africa that's asking for fifteen hundred dollars or the prince in Africa or something like that. It's like who falls for that? Like it, it work is the answer. Right. Work is always the answer. So why don't people want to work to get that result? Well, when we're in this lifestyle, everything else in life is so instant. Like you have a question, you ask Google. Yeah, I mean, you want to buy something that buy it now on on like the Amazon site gets plenty of work around my house, right? Things have become so everywhere else that you just want that instant result. And then when you start watching shows like The Biggest Loser, where people lose 300 pounds in, you know, six months or three months, you start to be like, okay, well, maybe this is done because it's not what you know, right? It's what you do. And so... Um, people get kind of sucked into this, like, "Hey, I'm going to lose a bunch of weight, and, and or I, I'm going to I'm going to do this." And um, but when it's all said and done, when you look at every one of those Biggest Loser contestants now, a year after they're done, all of them have put the weight back on. It's staggering the way that happens. But you know, again, it like goes back. You just have to build. You have to ask yourself what you really want. Make that decision and find somebody or something that's hacked it that can give you the cheat codes to get through it and then start implementing that in your life. Like one, you know, just, just take small, like small step. You take small steps in a, in, in like a particular direction, you can sustain that over time and you will be in better shape now than you were a week ago. You'll be in better shape a year from now than you are now. You're going to trend the right direction over time. It's not what you know, it's what you do. I feel like everyone actually knows how to be a uh, everyone knows how to be healthy. Everyone knows how to um, be a better um, mother, father, uh, brother, sister. Uh, everyone knows how to be better at finances and things like that. It's just like you we don't implement those things, right? A lot of it's communication. A lot of it is actually doing the action, right? And so, you know, how do you be healthier? You probably eat healthier-ish foods, right? You eat a lot of you know things that are themselves, right? And um, so an apple is an apple, right? A potato yeah. is a potato. You don't eat something that is a a, a form of those things. You you probably limit the um, the dilly dillies. You probably limit the amount of processed things. You probably are somewhat active, but we are a society of excuses as to why they can't do that, and. I'm hopeful when we, even when COVID hit, I was hopeful that this would change. This would be that reset for so many people. And, and hopefully it'll come out and it'll be that it was. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I don't know. I, I want more people to realize that they all have the power to do it. Um, but the key word in there is, is do right. My favorite slogan of all time motto of all time is probably just do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Nike got it right. Right. Just do it. Right. Like you, you want to run a mile get out there and walk it first, right? Add two seconds of running. That two seconds will turn into, you know, a 15 minute jog and then a 10 minute jog. And I think you're, you're an example of that. I think I'm an example of that. And, you know, I think when you think from experience, it's like, 
we did, did. And that's the key. We didn't think. We didn't have a plan, right? We did, right? We did think and we did have plans in there. But the key in all of that is actually do, right? And yep. so if you don't do, you'll never have the result, the results that you want. Or even if you do, and, you'll reset back to the old way. And like COVID specifically, there's a lot of people who put on a lot of weight. They've, they've been like shut. They've been shut in their house and things of that nature. Would you call it's it the COVID-19 before? Did you say like? Oh, well, like I call it like, I mean, like the COVID-15, just like the freshman 15, right. where they've been locked in their house and eating junk food. And it, it just, it, you know, it's, it's a real thing. And so uh. it's one of those things where um, it's taking you a, a while. Like if you're not where you want to be, it's taking you a while to get there, right? You've kind of built your way into that. But the great news is it only takes a moment to make that decision, right? I can make a choice now. It's like taking me a while to get to that. I've had it point, but I'm here and I'm ready to make a choice. I'm ready to make a decision. I'm ready to start moving in that direction. And so that's the, that's a great takeaway. And you can make that today. And if you find something that works with your lifestyle, if you are a, like somebody getting married in 30 days and you need to lose 20 pounds, this is not the lifestyle for you. This is not the plan for you. You want to go somewhere else, but this is for those people. It's tailor-made for people like me who have a full-time job, couple kids, some side projects, hobbies, you know, like a, you know, like a, I mean, like a family life you have to attend to. You have a hundred things pulling you in a hundred different directions. And you don't necessarily want to do a two a days in the gym and meal prep for hours and hours. And have you ever tried to count your carbs or your calories into one of those trackers on a regular basis where no. you're eating a healthy salad that has 20 ingredients and you're like, oh my God, I got to put in like four sesame seeds and I got to do this. Like all that is, there's so much things that just makes that a lifestyle. It's a great idea. If you can do it, if you can do that and you have no problem doing that, you're going to have fantastic like a result. That becomes a habit in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Where you actually have but to like, do that. Like, but for me, I, I never got that. To say, I've tried it so many times. I'm like, this is the app that's going to help me do that. And ultimately, when it's all said and done, to me, it's got to be uh, easy to implement. It's got to be quick to do every single day. And it's got to not rely on willpower. It's got to rely on something automated. And it will stick. And it will be the last thing you have to do. And I think something that's really powerful with this is you built something that you wanted, you saw that it got you results, and then now you put all that together and Unimorphix is born. And it's a it's a tool that allows people to live healthy lifestyles for life. And I think that that's powerful. So if people were interested in learning more, how could they learn about it? You go on our website, it's like listed below it, like at like you at like Unimorphix. You can go on our Facebook page. You can look at us for us there. You can also look for us in the same tagline um, with like our YouTube page as well. We're gonna have pl I mean like plenty of data. But if you go to our website, you can plug in your email. We can give you the it is such an inexpensive, valuable tool that you can do to transform your life starting right now and implement it in your family and take everybody with the journey with you. I mean, it really is one of those things that can transform lives. I'm excited about it. And so if someone was interested and in, they go to unimorphix.com, by the way, what is, what is unimorphix? What's the breakdown of that? UIN more. 
M O R P H I X P H I X dot com. What how do you how'd you come up with that? So it's Yuna, like Yuna, meaning one, morph change. So one change at a time. So unimorphics. We're gonna change your habits one change at a time. It's clever. That was good. Uh, and so if someone goes there, what, what should they expect? What can they get type of thing? Yeah, so if they go on, uh, they would like register as a user with us. We'll give you instant access to the um, like to the plan. Every single week, you'll get dripped content. You'll get a like a video. It's going to tell you what your challenge is for the week. It's going to give you the what, the why, and the how. We're going to give you information from the thought experts in that field on why that is so important to come up with. Um, there's some great product recommendations that you can then uh, like pick up to make your job a little bit easier. But every single week, we're going to drip the next habit to you. So week one, you're going to deal with your hydration. You're going to get your hydration where it needs. You're going to drink your water. You're going to learn how to do that. And during that week, you're going to learn about why that's so important. You're also going to build that habit into your life. It's not a passive thing. It's like, okay, let me leave water on the side of my bed. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I'm doing is drinking a large glass of water. You know, I'm going to get a water bottle and carry it around with me everywhere because you have to use it. Keep it in the car with you, keep it at work. And so you're going to build those habits slowly over time so that you're pouring concrete on it. So the next week, when you add the second habit to the first, you continue to step it up and, and like over time at the end of 12 weeks, you have an amazing lifestyle that you can maintain forever. And I think it's great that your, those who sign up for Unimorphix at unimorphix.com get um, to start with your first thing too, right? Water was the first thing many, many moons ago that you used and it, it, it started seeing huge results for you. And so I think you, you said this earlier, but you start doing one thing and other things start to compound on top of that, but then you want to start implementing other things as well. And that is able to compound on that as well. And so that's, that, that's super powerful. Yeah. And like when I first started my journey, I, I had um, some, <laughs> some problems with my finances. I had some problems career wise. I had my problems with my physical health. And it was when I took control of my health, I started to see like incremental improvements on everything else in my life. And right. so again, success built on success. And where I am now is strictly because it, I mean, I could trace it back to the decision to drink more water years ago. Powerful. Is there anything else we have? Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? Um, just your epic beard. I mean, it's like fantastic. It just doesn't get much better than that. I think that's going to be the 13th morph. Is like grow a, beard. grow a beard. Yeah, you know, Sorry, I'm thinking ladies. about becoming. It's 2020. A lot of different things are happening in 2020. I'm thinking about becoming Santa Claus this year. Um, so um, I like got Santa a couple Claus months. In a, like in a hazmat suit? Like, what are you thinking? Well, I, Santa's got to have a beard. Uh huh. So I figured just grow it a couple more months and I'd be Santa ish. No? I, I, I dig it. I, I absolutely will be there to laugh at you. Thank you. I'm like I, a young, I, I'm, I'm like a young hipster Santa. You, you could do that. You could pull that off. My wife says, uh, you got some grays coming in. I go, ugh. <laughs> I'm like, why oh, do you got some of that? She goes, it's coming. I'm like, thanks. 
Nate, I appreciate your time today. Unimorphics.com, which is one change at a time. Uni, U-N-I, more, fix.com. For more information about that and Nate's journey, check out the show notes. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll see you guys soon. Peace and pancakes, y'all. But only in moderation because pancakes, it has to be like those like banana pancakes. I've got a great recipe for you. I'll, I will hook you up, I promise. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> well, it's like almond meal, eggs, and bananas. Those are the main That's ingredients. It. And I, I make them by the dozens. All right. Peace and Nate Bright's pancakes. There you go. Gotcha. Later.